Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible, and pen, and let's dig in. Welcome back to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. I am so excited to be here today. I'll tell you why in a second, but we have my friend Kayla here. Kayla, we have, I think this is our third reschedule, right? Like it was weather, it was tornadoes, it was no power, it was all the things. No voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No voice. See, and so we've been joking, like messaging back and forth forth on Instagram, like, shoot, what the enemy meant for evil, we are going to just stomp on and make it good. So I am declaring that this episode is going to be the best episode yet because of all the trouble we had recording it. (laughs) Oh, so good. Okay. And I am super excited about our topic today, but before we dive completely in, Kayla, tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your story. Yeah. Um, well, I now function as a Christian mentor and life coach, but it wasn't that until probably the last year that I really stepped into, um, that part of my calling on my life. I grew up as an athlete and I grew up in Canada, but lived most of my adult life in the U S but basketball was life for me. Um, oh, yeah. and moving in high school to Arizona to play at a higher level. I played in college, winning a national championship, like all the things. Then I worked for the the NBA for nine years. So basketball was life for me and, and God weaved in and out of there where I would weave him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I ended up earning a second degree as a Bible major. Like I just, everything shifted and I was always involved in fitness. I was a personal trainer, all the things And then I decided that I needed more education. I thought I was going back to school to get my master's in health and wellness. Doors were physically closed in my face as a national student, all the things. Um, And I remember sitting in the car praying, God, I thought you said, come back to Arizona. I was so sure what's, what's going on. And I just remember hearing, seek first the kingdom of God. I went to a coffee shop where I could get on the internet at that moment in time And I Googled if there was any Christian schools and I enrolled the next day and earned a second degree as a Bible major and then started working um, for churches. And and all of that has grown me to where I am today. I was known as Kayla Fit. That was my name, my website, everything. I was always a fitness instructor with the foundation of Jesus, looking at conferences, helping women get healthy with the foundation of Jesus. Um, And just in the last year, everything has switched. And I finally have where he wants me to be helping women grow in their relationship with God and getting rid of that to-do list that we have as Christians and just like growing a real relationship. How funny, like basketball to Bible teacher to mentor, coach, discipler, like so good. But I do love and appreciate how you shared that 
through every season in the basketball, in the fitness, you still had Jesus, like all these things, but he's prepped you for where you are now. I think it's often missed that, God, I thought you did this to me. I thought I was supposed to be here. Like I definitely questioned Tennessee. Like I thought I was supposed to be here, but everyone and their mom saved. What am I doing here? Leaving California? Like wasn't one of my things. It was the same thing. Like seek first God. Like I have better for you. What we thought was the plan for basketball or for whatever we thought it looked one way. And he was like, sis, I got immeasurably more for you, right? This is so much better than playing. I mean, I am not a great basketball player, so I don't know. (laughs) This, I imagine, is so much better than what you would have planned for yourself, right? And it's just that the path changes, right? Like, it's not that I was disobedient in that season. Totally. He just has a, a, a turn. Like yeah. I'm with you here. Now let's take a left turn. I'm with you here. Now let's take a right turn. I'm with you here. It's, it's not that I was disobedient in those seasons. And I think that's important for us to recognize because sometimes we, when the path changes, we think, did I not hear you right? Yes. What did I do wrong? Yeah. Did I do wrong? Was I not listening? Was I disobedient? And that's not always the case that it's just time for a turn. And so we've been turning. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Because when you say that, it reminds you of Jonah, right? Like super simple example, but like Jonah obviously was in the wrong and was sure. sinning when he got swallowed by the whale. And so he did something wrong, but that's sort of the story of like a huge pivotal turn that God was like, but really like Moses for the most part, he obeyed and yet his yeah. journey was so long and so tremendous. And so, no, I'm so glad that we're not alive during Moses's day, but like he was still obedient. God just sort of kept him going kept and then changed plans. And it wasn't out of disobedience. I love that. That is a huge, a huge point because that for sure would be the first question. What did I do wrong? I thought I heard you. Did I hear you? Look at you. We started already with a mic drop, Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. I just think it's so important to like recognize where we were and where God's called us from Mm -hmm. and like really, really encourage others in that. Like not hold on to what he showed us in our lives and be like, no, I, I have it figured out. No, I don't. Definitely didn't. And if you're in that place of God, did I hear you right? Let me just reaffirm to you. You did hear him. And now he's saying, let's take a turn together. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he just wants our obedience. He wants our yes. And then if we've given him our yes, he's like, all right, sis, let's go. Let's yeah. do something deeper, greater, bigger, or smaller. Like, I don't mean greater and bigger in all the different ways. I mean, like audience, you know what I mean? The obedience and giving him our yes. And like, is our yes still true if it only looks this way? Or is our yes also true if he takes us on a pivot and we land in Tennessee or we are now a Bible coach, Bible coach. That's a great name for you. That's not yeah. what you call yourself though. That's okay. <laughs> I've considered it. So I'll receive that. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Bible coach. Okay. What did it look like to get to this point? What it, your relationship now you said is a real relationship with God, which I love. What did it take you to get there? I'll I'll give you the the turning point for me. I was living in California. Hey, (laughs) like I know, right? Full time auntie, like eighteen months with my niece and nephew as like newborn. I was yes, I was that dream auntie that came and stayed (laughs) and did all the extra, did all the fun things, did all the fun things. And at that point, I had after I earned my degree, I worked for a church full time. I ended up back in Canada for a bit. I started a youth ministry at the church I was at there. Um, and then I was actually waiting for a new work visa to work for a larger church in Phoenix again. Um, and so I was living with them and I was doing all the things, 
right? Like worship music all the time, watching sermons all day, reading books like crazy, like gotta be Jake's or whatever, like let me consume it all. And so I gave up my morning gym time, um, which was super important to me and committed to reading. I, I wasn't really a big reader. So I said, I'm gonna read books and I'm gonna read a chapter of a book every day, a Christian book, this is gonna be my time. And I consistently did that for over a month. And as I was doing it, finally, this like thing hit me. And it was these words that time about God is not the same as time with God. And I tell you, I realized that I was spending so much time about God. I was singing songs about God, um, listening to sermons about God, reading books about God. Everything I knew about God was what someone else had told me about. And I wasn't spending time with him. And that very day, I decided to put aside my Joyce Meyer book at the time that I was reading and pick up my Bible. Now, this is after I'd already gone to Bible school. I was already working for a church full time. Like all the things I had, I'd done all the things to an outsider. I was like the Christian living the Christian life. Yes. Something in me, there was something still missing and, and I wasn't spending time with God. And so I, at that day, transitioned my book to the Bible and committed to continue reading one chapter every day. And it's now been, well, that was 2017. And it has been consistent daily since 2017, since I made that commitment. And when I tell you my relationship with God has changed, like it's a real relationship with God now. And I treat it like that. I actually don't even call it. I used to be like hashtag Bible time. Like every time I would share my Bible time every day. And now I actually don't even use the phrase Bible like Bible time or Bible reading, I switched it in my mind to I'm spending time with God in his word. Sometimes I spend time with God on a walk. Sometimes spend time with God in the gym. Like I've switched it to, this is how I'm actually choosing to spend time with you rather than I'm just reading your word, reading the Bible. And actually like also helped me grow understanding the realness of this relationship. I think the key word being relationship, right? Like any relationship, even if you're not married, children, whatever, it takes two people, which is what we have, us and God, to come spend time with each other. I would never expect to call someone my friend or any relationship really if I wasn't spending time with them because I didn't know them. I didn't know their character, their heart, their attributes, right? When we move from the point, like you said, from just being Bible reading or reading about God, which I love, to actual intimacy, like relationship. Here's my heart. And can I read about yours or learn about yours or speak? Yeah. And it's so real. And it's helped me in just how I live my everyday life. Like a lot of times we will say, I need 10 minutes in the morning, or I give God 10 minutes in the morning, or I give God an hour or whatever. I have started to say to God, I'll call you back. That's how real this relationship is because there was one day I was sitting, spending time with him in the word and I was journaling, but then I had a doctor's appointment and I was like, I got to go, but I'm not done. But I'm not done. Yeah. I'm not done. And I was like, this is what I do with my friends. Hey, I have this appointment. I'll call you back. So why can I feel like I can't do that with God? Why do, why do we sometimes feel like it has to be these 10 minutes in the morning? It doesn't have to be anything for the rest of the day. As long as you got your 10 minutes, as you're long as you check. did your devotional, mm-hmm. you're good. Check that off the list. But if it's a real relationship, like we continue the conversation in the car. We pick the conversation back up after my appointment. Like this is a real relationship and it takes effort on both parts. And if you want it to grow, you got to put in some effort. 
like any relationship in life. I love it. I think that is a huge distinction. I have, this is a whole tangent and we won't go there, but I have a pet peeve with the term quiet time, which I never knew was a thing really until I hit the South that it's like a thing, not in the action of reading your Bible, right? Obviously we don't have a problem with that, but in one, my Bible study time is not always quiet. So it is usually, sometimes it's crying. Sometimes it's frustration. Sometimes it's joyous and worshiping. It's not always quiet and I'm speaking to him. So it's not quiet, but then also I struggled with the mentality. Like you mentioned of like, I grew up in a Christian home. I did all the Christian things. I was a good girl. I still am. But like, there was a difference in my posture when it came to how I saw God, how I thought he saw me. It was more, I realized in my adult years that I was doing that to be a checklist to be a good kid, Mm -hmm. to not in some respects, earn my way to heaven. Obviously that's not true, but then it wasn't until there, like you mentioned a real encounter and it wasn't some, like I was homeless on the street story. It was just God captured my heart. I gave God a second to be like, wait, there's so much more for you. Then it became a relationship. I would hate, like, I always think of this as sort of cheating in terms of my kids. Like I would hate if my kids were like, oh, I have 10 minutes for you, Sam or mommy. That's all I have. That's all I can fit into you. Mind you on one hand, if you're listening to this and you're like, Sam, this really is all I can fit in. Let me tell you that Jesus is portable. Yes. (laughs) He He can be on your phone. He can be worshiping with you in the car. You can be speaking to him. Uh, There's so many times the car ride friends, if you have friends or kids or people that you love, they're strapped in with you. So like they're not going anywhere. So some of my best ministry, whether it was doing youth group and taking kids home, young life and taking kids home, they're stuck in the car with me. We're having Mm -hmm. some good conversation, some deep conversation. And Jesus was very much a part of those conversations in that car as he is in my prayer closet. The changing of our mindset, that 10 minutes, quick Bible study, or I'm going to read someone else's words, like you said about him. And then I'm done. I'm good. I'm filled. No, like, I love that you said, hang on, (laughs) I'll come back. Yeah. And what you just said about even like driving kids home in ministry, like that just makes the point of a real relationship Mm -hmm. even more clear though. It wasn't just about teaching on the stage, right? Right. It's like this relationship goes car with us. And that's part of why it really helped me. And I started saying, instead of I need to read my Bible every day because I need to spend time with God every day. This moment, I spend time with him in his word. Mm -hmm. Then I spend time with him out on a walk. I spend time with him at the grocery store. I spend time with him. And when I can start to think of it like that, it becomes more intentional. And then it's a real relationship. Like it's not this, um, I have to read my Bible and then I'm done, right? Like, Like it is, but it's not. That's not what it is. You can have a conversation with God while you're driving and you don't have to be listening to the audio Bible to do it. Like seriously, just send him a text. Do you say good morning to God? That's something that has changed my life in the last year. Like I say good morning to God every day. And that's because it's real. Like it's so real. I heard a comedian and this is what changed it for me. He said, he was asking a a man and a woman, this is a bit of a tangent, but it's good stuff. He was asking a man and a woman if they were in a relationship and like how girls often have a different answer than guys. So his question was, do you send a good morning text and receive one? And the guy was like, well, yeah. And he was like, if you do that, you're in a relationship. And that triggered something in me of, 
do I say good morning to God? And now I do every morning in my journal. That's the first thing I write is good morning, God. That's the first thing I say when I wake up in the morning. And then it's almost like I can like see the like dot, 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 like he's ready to write back. Yeah. But I've started that conversation with just a good morning. That's what a relationship is. Like you say good morning, like something that simple has shifted everything for me. I love that. And it's the intentionality too behind it. it's the discipline of doing it every day. But then you, yeah. when you wake up, he's the first person you think about. He's the first communication you have, not the Instagram, not the TV, whatever, right? We all have our things. And so that sets the tone for the rest of your day, which is so good. Yeah. Something you mentioned that I'm going to ask you to, I get a lot of women who are like, I don't want to preach. I'm not qualified to teach or whatever, which that's a whole nother episode we can get to. But in that they think that preaching, or when I say like speaking or sharing their, not their truth <laughs> is truth that it's this stage and platform. And so I want you to speak to how do you encourage others to walk out their calling in ministry, but ministry being their everyday life, wherever season, wherever they are. And can you encourage these women? Yeah. I mean, first of all, could you imagine if every Christian was a pastor? Yeah. No. Like that's the only place I can run into someone mm -hmm. who has the same beliefs as me is if we're in each other's stage, you know, like the goal I believe of God is that we will impact the world and represent him everywhere we go. So yeah. we're a hairstylist. If you work in the grocery store, if you're a barista, like if you're a teacher, you're called to that. It's everything God has given you and called you for in that. And that's part of the plan. There is no, this is something I really, so when I spoke earlier, I said, I, I used to work for a church full-time. A yeah. lot of people say I was in full-time ministry. Stop saying that because I just don't believe there should be this hierarchy of, well, if you use your gifts within a church, you mm -hmm. are better off. We've got to get rid of that. We've got to stop thinking that working for a church or preaching in a church or even being a preacher or pastor is so much greater than where God has called you to be. It, obedience is the greatness. If he's called you to be a basketball coach, then you better impact those boys and those girls for the kingdom of God yep. right there some of them will probably never set foot inside a church, but they will listen to you. Did You've you earned their trust. No, I didn't. Yeah. You've earned their trust. And uh, one okay. of the things, the slogans of young life, if you will, is earn the right to be heard. Mm. There, like you said, are people that will never walk into a church for so many reasons, valid and invalid, right? There's so many reasons that somebody will not walk into a physical church building. However, they will have contact with you at the daycare as a basketball coach, as the barista, like you said, like they will still have an opportunity to see Christ in you. And so if we're saving all of our gifts, if you will, if we're, oh, only the best people can go to preach and only the, you're only good if you do this on a stage or whatever, then what about all the people that don't enter that building. I don't see anywhere in scripture that says God will only bless those who preach and God will only use your gifts. If you're on a stage, I see all throughout scripture where God goes to the lowly. He goes to the lepers. He goes to the people who society casted out and loves them and heals them and ministers to them. So if he's our example, what makes us think that that is it's in your motherhood, it's in your neighborhood, it's in your school, it's in your workplace. It's who you are having a real relationship. Like you discussed the real relationship part also transforms you. Like when you're in love with Jesus or a person, 
it oozes from you. You can't help talk about that person. You can't help not bring that into conversation. Like it just comes out of you. That is also ministry in your everyday life, right? Like that is doing the holy work on whatever ground you were on. And like, we want that. Yes. Like we love to be like, oh, my, my plumber is a Christian. I know he's not ripping me off. Like we love to know all these things. Like I want a Christian lawyer. Mm -hmm. I would like my kids to go to a Christian school. Well, hopefully the teachers there are walking in their calling and not thinking I can't be a teacher. I need to be a pastor. We want this in our lives. So we just need to walk it out. I have a massage therapist and we got to talking and obviously Jesus comes up and he was like, Oh no, like I'm a Christian and I get to lay hands on people all day. Well, let me reschedule because (laughs) this is awesome. Like sign me up. Yeah. Like to know that the person who is massaging my muscles and helping me recover and relax and all of that is praying as well and has a relationship with God as well. Like what an amazing feeling. So I just think it's so important that we all have confidence and we know that we are all ministers. You're not just a a minister doesn't mean someone who works for a church or someone who speaks from a stage. We are all ministers of the gospel, like messengers. Could you imagine how more great, how more great, that's not English, how greater our world would look if we all took that calling personally. When God said, go make disciples, he wasn't like, go make disciples, men who are 40 and above and are on a church pulpit. He wasn't go make disciples, all of you people who can speak in tongues. He, there was no, but, or there was no add on. It was go make disciples. And like you said, go be messengers, go do that where you are with the gifts you've been given and with the people in your circle, that includes whoever lives in your home, your neighborhood, your, you know, your workplace, whatever. Could you imagine how different our world, our politics, our government, our healthcare, all these trigger subjects would look. If we all had a real relationship with Christ, we were spending time in his word and in his presence. He flowed in and out of us. Like he was a part of us. Like sign me up for that one. Sign me up for that, America. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's just no way. I just think I have to interject this. My, My heart's beating fast. So I feel like I need to throw this out there, but our job is to plant and to water. Mm -hmm. Right. And and for a long time, those years or that year and a half that I lived with my brother and sister-in-law, um, when I left there and it was time for me to go and work for that church again, I felt, um, like I wasn't good enough. Like how come I couldn't get them saved? I just Mm -hmm. lived in their house for a year and a half. They, you know, they saw me live. They know how I speak. They know all this. How come I couldn't get them saved? And Satan really tried to tell me you're not a good enough Christian. You go to church and droves of people come to the altar to get saved. How come you couldn't even do it for your brother and sister-in-law? And when I finally realized the truth that one person plants another waters and God gives the increase, yep. the freedom that I received from that, and that hopefully one of your listeners will, is that like my responsibility is to plant and my responsibility is to water. And when that happened, my prayers changed. I was praying that God would use me, that I could save my brother, that I could save my sister-in-law, like help me save them. And now man, I pray for other people Mm -hmm. to touch them. I pray for the Holy Spirit to use every niece and nephew's basketball coach. I pray for the Holy Spirit to use teachers, to use their clients, like to use whatever and whoever he wants to use because there are other Christians in this world that God can use to reach other people. So as long as we're walking in our calling and we are planting and we are watering, 
then God is going to give the increase and he's going to be the one to do all that. We just have to walk and plant and water where he's called us to be. And that's not necessarily on a stage. So good. So good. Yes. We, I experienced a ton of that with youth ministry, right? Like I spent, Mm -hmm. I've known you since you were a freshman girl, like, let's go. And yes, I got the opportunity to baptize some and, but then some left and like, it wasn't always that you got to see the fruits in children's ministry, right? Like you never, not never, but the percentage of you seeing the fruit of the work that you've poured in is very low. And it's super easy to let the enemy come in and be like, well, you must have not taught Jonah right, dude. They're not saved or whatever. Like it is so easy, but I love that you said that. And it changed my prayers too. Like now it's anyone and anyone that, or everyone that comes into contact. Right. But then also I challenge the, (laughs) I don't know if this is biblically correct, but I feel so much less pressure. I'm kidding. Yeah. You guys. It is biblically correct. Sorry. But like, I put it back on God. I'm like, okay, God, I will do whatever you say. You have my, yes. I will water here, feed here, touch these people, pray for healing. And then it's up to you. Like you get to be in charge of that. Not Sam in her mighty might that is non-existent. I don't get to pray so hard or be such a good Christian that so-and-so gets saved. I get to do what I'm asked to do. And then it's up to the Lord to do it right in his timing and his will and his purpose, because ultimately it's for his glory. And so that felt like weight lifted off of my shoulders. When I realized that like, I'm not fully responsible for this child or this teenager's entire salvation or like entire lifetime of discipleship. I did what I was called to do. You're doing what you're called to do in whatever life you're or walk of life you're in. And then the Lord will take it from there. He loves these people way more than we do. Okay, God, your turn. <laughs> Tag team, you know, them before you knew them. Yes. Yes. You know, so like it's, it's the Holy spirit that changes people's hearts and brings mm-hmm. them to salvation. It's it's not me, right? Nope. If I can convince you to love Jesus, then someone else can convince you not to love Jesus. It's the Holy spirit and my job. Yeah. I've been planting and watering. And the, I love in that verse that I never saw before is that it says we will receive the same joy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, would you look at that? Sometimes Sometimes I think like when I have a really good day, I'm like, did someone just get saved that I maybe like planted a seed in 20 years ago? Think about stuff like that. Like, what is this joy that I'm feeling today? You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I want to know if you were to, and I didn't prep you for this ahead of time, but you're so good. We've talked about a lot through this episode and it's all so good. So I want to know if you're speaking right now to maybe a person who's like, yes, I'm down. This is so good. I want to be that person. Where does she start? She starts with a good morning. Like that's a relationship. You start with a good morning and then you just let that conversation flow throughout the day. And I think when we use the word prayer, sometimes we, we think of what it's supposed to be or supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, so in a, in a real relationship, you, you just talk, you just like, sometimes it's a quick text message. Sometimes it's like a funny meme, you know, and God and I have, we have inside jokes. Like <laughs> <laughs> this, this relationship is so real, but when you start with a good morning and when you can shift your mindset to, this isn't about me having to read the Bible, this mm-hmm. is actually about like spending time with God. And for these 10 minutes or these 20 minutes or these, however long I'm choosing to do it in his word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm choosing to spend time with God by worshiping him. I'm choosing to spend time with God. And just when you feel whatever the inkling is, just say hi, just mm-hmm. like let a conversation flow without being, without thinking you have to be like, dear Lord, help me right now. You know, I'm driving yeah. down the street. 
like just whatever the thought is, right? God knows our thoughts anyway. So you might as well just like continue it going. Like I went through a, I went through a phase that I was like, yes, I'm all in, but it was a tough phase. Mm -hmm. And I think every conversation I had with God, which in the moments I was calling prayers, every prayer I prayed started with, okay, so dear God, thank you for this day. It was okay. So this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. What's the deal. Right. And, and not to be disrespectful to our Lord and to our savior, but he also knows how real we are. And, and, and there's nothing that we should hide from him because he does know our innermost thoughts. Right. Yeah. He, he heard Sarah laughing to herself and called her out on it. So like, he knows these things. So why try to hide? He's the only one who we can let it all out and no one else has anything to say about it. So just let it out, whether it's in a journal or just speaking out loud in the car, man, those out loud conversations in the car, <laughs> so good. those are something else. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. the next thing is to, I would say, if there's something that you can pray for, pray that you can recognize him. Mm -hmm. Pray for opportunities to recognize him in your day, whether it's through someone else, whether it's opportunities to serve others. Um, when we start to recognize God, that's when a relationship grows too. Pray that you can recognize him when, when you're praying for breakthrough in something. Um, can you recognize that as God? Can you recognize that phone call, that extra coupon, that whatever it is, can you recognize him as the one who orchestrated that behind the scenes? Um, and that's where the relationship will really grow to. Can I add one? Can I add a part C? I also had to pray for hunger. Like I, mm -hmm. I was so busy and had little time. Like we all, right. There's no, we all are so busy and I would need, like, I wanted like insatiable, like hunger. Like I want to crave you if I'm not with you. I had to ask for that because it didn't come natural to me. I love reading, but there's lots of parts of the Bible that I don't super love reading. <laughs> so I had to pray like for your hunger, like increase my hunger for your presence, increase my hunger for your word. Worship has always been good. Like I've loved to worship. I love to pray, but like there were certain other things that I had to just ask for. And like, he gave it, <laughs> why wouldn't he give us more of him? Right. He's such a gentleman that he's not going to demand it from us. As soon as we ask, he's there and he's there to double our portions and to give us more of him. Like you said, when you're praying, he already knows what you're thinking. And sometimes we could be like, okay, God, then just fix it. But that's not, that's not a relationship. That's a genie, right? right? <laughs> like, right. And the, the crazy thing of, yeah, oh, for a long time, I had to pray for the desire. And mm -hmm. the thing is, we, we know to do this in other areas of our lives. But sometimes when it comes to God, because it's God, just flow, mm -hmm. right? We expect it. And that's not the case. The thing that shifted when I started to spend time with God in his word, when I started to read the Bible every day and committed to that, the only reason, well, first of all, the Holy Spirit, but the only reason that it worked for me was I took everything that I knew from being an elite athlete and from being a personal trainer. And I put all of those skills into practice in my time mm -hmm. with God. So when I'm training clients and I'd be like, Hey, set your stuff out the night before to go to the gym in the morning, yeah. I set my Bible and a full cup of water out the night before. And I still do mm -hmm. a full cup of water with my Bible sit out the night before. So it's ready for me. Right. We, we do all these things. i really believe that people aren't spending time with God in his word, not because you don't understand not because you don't have the desire. It's that you haven't built up the habit, done the things. We do it in other areas. If you mm -hmm. want to lose weight, you will commit to going to the gym. You'll even pay someone to help you. You'll yep. even pay 
their gym membership. But when it comes to God, we expect it should just flow because it's God and we love him and he loves us. So it should yeah. just happen. But, but we live in this world that's a trip and like we're part of that. <laughs> so there are things we have to put into place and, and praying for that desire is one of them. And that's how we build up that consistency as we create the habit of doing it. And a habit's hard. It's not a 30-day challenge. I, I know you're going through the shred and, and flying through. I no, 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 I fight against the one-year Bible every year because I just don't want believers to think that this is something that you're supposed to finish or that you ever do finish, right? The goal is not to read the Bible from cover to cover in one year. The goal is to spend time with God every day in his word, right? So like, that's something I, because then what do you do when you finish? Oh, you're doing this 30-day devotional? Well, what do you do when you finish? <laughs> What's 31 it, look like? Yeah. Yeah. So we like, we do that, which is why I like try to tell people not to set up a 30 day challenge when it comes to God, you know, for the next 30 days, I'm going to do this unless he has called you to fast a certain amount. That's a whole different story. But you know, this, this isn't a challenge. This isn't a, I'm going to wake up at six 30 for the next 30 days and spend time with God. Okay. But then what, right? So don't what does it look like after? Really. Yeah. Yeah. It's building up this lifestyle that this is what we do. And it's funny because I am learning a ton in my 30 day shred and, um, but it's in addition to my already spent time with him. It's not in replace of, which I feel like so many times, like I'm going to read the Bible in a year, which is yeah. a chapter, which great do that. However, it should be in addition to the time you're already spending with the Lord. It's a lot of reading and, but it's so funny in doing that, that I'm I'm learning a different way. I also have studied the Bible several times, so I'm probably not like the average listener, but it is so cool to me, but yes, at day 31, if I didn't have routine and discipline in place and I didn't have that foundation, then what's 31? I've already read it. Do I read it again? Like I just read it. Yeah. And it's so important. There's actually a woman that reached out to me on Instagram and was like, Hey, can you help me? I was like, yeah, let's get on a call. She's currently in Bible school. And she's like, I'm just struggling. Like I'm struggling in my relationship. Yeah. So I was able to give her advice of like, Hey, can you choose a different paper Bible than your school one? Cause yep. this has become the textbook. And then can this be your time with God? She called me the next day or sent me a message and was like, yo, like I just read all these chapters and enjoyed it. It wasn't my textbook. It wasn't. And sometimes we just have to do that. There's, there's tricks tricks and tips that we do in our lives, but we just don't always apply them to our relationship with God because we just think that with God, it should just flow. It doesn't. There's, there's not only like the world that we live in, that's a trip, but you have a force fighting against this. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and he's fighting against everything you want to do. If the Bible were just a book, we'd have no problem reading it cover to cover. We nope. have read any of books that are however many pages this is and books that we don't understand all the words. Mm -hmm. I graduated my first degree in kinesiology. I did not know every word in my anatomy textbook, For but sure. I read it cover to cover and I understood it. There's a reason why it's hard to read the Bible cover to cover because yeah. it's not just a book. I mean, if we flip the tables and just think for a second, if I wanted something, if I wanted to stop somebody from doing something. I would make that something so incredibly hard. I would throw challenges at them. I would throw doubt and fear and time constraints, like all these things at them, right? And this is just Sam, gangster Sam thinking that way. So like how much more is the enemy trying to? And it's because you cannot spend time with the Lord, be in a relationship with him, spend time in his presence and leave differently. You cannot enter the throne room, if you will, 
and or time in his presence, that means praying, that means scripture, that means worshiping, whatever you choose to do, right? Your walk with God. I meant like outdoor physical walk, you know, and then leave differently. Like that is, he's so powerful that his words change you, his presence change you, his songs change, right? If we flip that on its head as well, like he is so for us. And he is so wants this relationship more than we do most of the time, right? Like he wants this intimacy more than we do. So how cool would it be to be on the same page as him? I mean, not the same page because he's God and he's Lord and we won't be on the same page, but to want this desire more than anything else, more than my Instagram scrolling, more than my Netflix shows, more than in dieting, right? I've done like 5 million diets. You're welcome. I'm a professional. I have always had a why, right? We know this in business too. And your why determines your ability to complete said diet or your ability to lose said weight or gain business, whatever. Right. And so like if our why and is not strong enough, then we need to pray for it to be stronger. We need to pray that our desire, our why is greater than anything this world can offer us. Because sometimes this is a little bit, sorry, but I was just having this conversation with my husband yesterday, like, and we were praying over something and I had an offer for something not related to abundant woman, but like, God, this is so good. Like, and then I had to pray, God, is this from you or is this a distraction from the enemy? Because it's so good. And he wants to totally throw me off my case and be comfortable or whatever. Right. Like all the things he will do any tactic to throw us off our game because he knows the power that is in us the power that is available to us. He knows that we can be some seriously on fire women of God. If we spend time in his presence, if we decide to make God a real relationship versus a checklist, which is what I want for this entire, everyone that listens to this podcast, every woman who loves Jesus, I pray. And it's my deepest desire for you, not only to love Jesus and to enter in the gates of heaven. Yes. Amen. However, while you're on this earth to be a force, like a force to reckon with, because that is how on fire you are. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a purpose in it. Like, man, when you just said, um, that like God wants this relationship more than we do, he gave his son, like, and and then what is he asking me to give, to have a relationship with him? Some time obedience, which is for my good anyway, which is better than what I could walk out on my own. His son to have this relationship with me, with you, with every woman listening, you know? And I just think if we can really just hold on to that of how much he wants this relationship, how much we as a relationship don't want to be in a one-sided relationship ourselves, it it takes effort. And I have a responsibility as a believer to put effort into my relationship with God. That's not the super fuzzy, like, just say good morning. No, like as a believer, if you want to grow your relationship, like you have a responsibility. Like you're a soldier. Yes, mount up. I know, right? I love it. I love it. The Californian. You said gangster Sam earlier, and I was like, um, <laughs> she comes out often. I know, right? Um, but I just think like that's a word that has changed for me. Is that like mm-hmm. I have a responsibility in this relationship. I'm not just scooting by, right? I'm not just floating by, like hashtag God's daughter. No, like I have a responsibility, and and. And when you get to that point, um, another thing I wanted to share was when we start to grow a relationship, if we can recognize change, that's what makes us keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your health and fitness, if all yep. of a sudden you look at me and you're like, Dang, then you that makes you want to go to the gym the next day. That makes yeah. you want to keep going. Right. So if you can pray for that recognition 
that all of a sudden you're like, oh, I normally would have popped off at that, but I actually feel this peace. I'm learning how to do this better or like I'm seeing things differently. And if you can recognize that as God changing your heart, changing you and putting all these things in your life, that should motivate you to spend more time with him. It's not just, oh, wow, this good thing happened. That's awesome. It's recognizing, wow, God is really changing me this is making me want to spend more time with him and grow even more. One of the sayings that I sort of live by really is like, the more I fall in love with Jesus, the more I fall in love with him, the more he'll put all these things in place. Because sometimes when I, I go from like, Oh, or maybe if you're a new believer, you're like, I don't want to give up my gangster rap music, or I don't want to give up my whatever. Right. But like our first and foremost job is to spend is to fall in love with him. And like through that, like you're saying through that relationship, through that, as we see the changes, he'll, he'll take that away. I have no desire to listen to gangster rap. I do listen to Christian rap, but like, you know what I mean? It's our first, like, we don't need to see the entire path. We just need to do the simple things. We Christianese people make it so difficult to spend time with God. And it's not, it's a good morning text. Like you said, it's a starting your day with him. It's a watch him work through you. And then you're like, yes, let's keep going. Even through the trials, even through the bad stuff, I've seen God do miraculous things at funerals through death, through tragedy. I've seen things, people, places change because of tragic circumstances. So you're right. It's not just all warm, fuzzy, like his yes is not, or our yes is not always easy Duh but not always warm, fuzzy rainbows and butterflies. But am I willing to still say yes, even knowing that? Heck yes, here's all of it. You can have it all. Sure, there's a few worship songs like that. Right. (laughs) Just a few. So good. Okay, this has been incredible. We're going to do a rapid fire to wrap things up. First, I want to know, what is your favorite scripture right now? Like what is one you're clinging to? I don't know if you've listened to my podcast. I did a whole deep dive on Psalm. Oh, Psalm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, Psalm 23, and I went through it word by word, but the word right now, that's my favorite is anything. When God says, prepare, you'll prepare mm-hmm. a table for me in the presence of his enemy. He has prepared a place for me. Like the word prepare, it just gets me so fired up right now, because if God is preparing something, he knows I'm getting, it. he's not going to, he's not wasting his time. Yeah. So if God is preparing, so I'm like currently digging through the Bible of everything that is that every time he prepares. And I just, that's, that's my favorite. What he's talking about right now is what he's preparing is like a guarantee. You know, yeah. he's not, preparing, he's not preparing a feast for me that I'm not going to show up to. So, that's good. That's a, that's a preach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What not is something <laughs> not from the pulpit, just from here, my little, little <laughs> podcast, <laughs> what is something in your life that you're loving right now? Oh, uh, this cabin. I don't know if we recorded this part, but yeah, I was in this state of like, I just need to get away. And I called someone for help and they have a cabin up in the mountains and I am here alone for as long as I need to be. And I'm so grateful for that for just time um, to just retreat, um, not in a spa like way, but retreat from battle um, and recover and feel better and be equipped to go back to battle. And while I'm here, God's fighting everything that needs to be fought and protecting me. And I am just able to be here. And I'm just super grateful for that and loving it. I, I love that for you though. I didn't invite you up here, but this is about me being alone. So, <laughs> so I know it's okay. It's fine. I'm living vicariously <laughs> through you is what's happening. <laughs> what is Kayla? What is one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? Um, 
why did my mind just about say that I used to be a gangster rapper? That's not true at all. You just like have me back in my like <laughs> days of all of that. <laughs> That's um, fantastic. This is this is so silly. This is the silliest thing because I was actually gonna write this. I don't know if it was your Instagram story or someone else's. Um, my first job. So I was a basketball player all my life. My very first job was at a cemetery and I've dug up three people in my life. I'm sorry, um, what? Yeah. So that's, that's usually my like two truths and a lie type of thing. Yeah. But that's something most people don't know about me is that oh. I worked for a cemetery for three years. That was my summer job as an athlete three years. and got to, got to experience some, some cool things. Mm-hmm. There you go. I don't know if that's where I was supposed to go with that, but that's there what, you go. that's what came out. <laughs> Okay, we're going to talk graves to gardens next time too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friend, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this. This was fantastic. Before you go though, where can our abundant women friends come say hi to you and contact you? Um, You can find me on Instagram and Facebook on Instagram. I'm Kayla Praise, K-A-E-L-A-P-R-A-Y-S. And then my podcast is called His Word, My Walk. Um, so I'm, I'm loving that and how God has really taken his word into my walk of life and and really helping others do that. Um, and then if you want, I do have a, a free option for you. I have a guide called the get unstuck now guide, really taking you through the lies that Satan keeps trying to tell you and how to get in, unstuck from that, how to really take those thoughts captive, but not stop the scripture right there, but also make those thoughts submit to the word of God. Um, so you can yeah. get that at Caleb Pray slash get unstuck um but i'll send you all the links for that (laughs) and i will post everything below so you can have easy access to it but thank you so much thank you friend i hope you were blessed by this episode thank you so much for tuning in before you go quick things one can you follow us on social i would love to get social with you instagram facebook tiktok and youtube all have the username abundant woman co come say hi Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.